Jersey on in the meantime and press play when the F's done I can't wait until the next day trying to stay in tune with the C's that's the best way hey there welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast thank you for making the show part of your daily routine I am usually here for you Monday through Friday the past couple of weeks have been part of a special series a seven-part series deep dive into the Brad Stevens coaching era Monday, I am back with a regular Monday through Friday week. The preseason begins. Media day is Monday. And then practices resume that week. Basketball is back next week, just a few days away. But for now, we're going to wrap up the Brad Stevens deep dive, the final couple of seasons, the end of his coaching tenure in Boston, and his move upstairs with Mike Dynan and Chuck McKinney. Everyone that you hear uh, with an opinion says that Tatum is going to take even another leap and he could be a top 10 player in the league. And if he is, then the Celtics are going to have a pretty good chance. And one more thing is that uh, I heard your podcast where you said that all the excuses have been removed now. That is so true because like the talk whether it was true or not, the talk was, well, the players aren't listening to Brad anymore. Um, if that's the case, now they have a different person to listen to. So, and uh, we don't have to worry about Kemba's knee anymore. Uh, Tristan Thompson is gone. Uh, they got some good players in there, some uh, veteran bench scores. The things that they needed to do to um, solve the problems of last season seem to have been done and uh Schroeder is going to be better than Teague was so uh, <laughs> I think although Teague Teague ended up winning the ring so I was gonna uh, say that's NBA funny. champion Jeff Teague to you yeah. yeah he's he's probably happy uh worked out for him but, much uh, like Chuck he gets A's on group group reports group projects <laughs> <laughs> so uh I think um, you know the, the last two years, Brad didn't have much control over things, and uh, the results showed that. And um, I hope that the problems have been solved, and we have a better year this year. Yeah, I mean, so last year, right? I, the, the Horford thing, Horford kind of leaving them. I think, and I don't think anyone expected that internal or external. Um, you know, trying to, you know, I think I understood the Kemba move uh, to bring in some star power, but also a personality that was uh, pleasant. Um, so <laughs> after everything that transpired in 2019 and 2020, uh, that season, they still were in the Eastern Conference Finals again. And it was just like, mm-hmm. it was still like, had hate, right? If, if I'm correct, Hayward had that foot injury, right? That he was coming back from. So he, 
in typical Hayward fashion, wasn't 100%, but um, they come up short. After all that, when you go back to the beginning of the season and look at how the roster was shaken up to COVID, to Eastern Conference Finals in the bubble, it's still just like, wow, you know, I don't care what transpired. The fact that you made it there under those circumstances, I would call that a win. Um, you know, in, in hindsight, trying to play basketball this past year, I mean, it's I can't imagine what it was like for these guys. Um, but it definitely felt like whether it was Ainge adding the wrong pieces. And again, I thought Teague and Thompson seemed to fit certain needs. I thought Teague had a little something left. Uh, I was wrong. Um, Thompson didn't necessarily uh, have much either or fit in with his team. So those those plays um, those moves kind of fizzled, but yeah, there was a lot of sort of um, the theme this year was, you know, should why isn't Brad motivating the players, right? Well, that was the that was the point of discussion this year, right? And then it was, um, well, it's you know this is the NBA, it's it's not the job of the, of a right. the head coach to motivate these guys. They right. get to come, you know, the rah rah stuff. The speeches aren't going to impact these guys. It, it's just, but that was the sort of like, because this, this team was missing that. It was missing that sort of um, grit or toughness to win those games. Uh, they didn't bring it all the time. Um, and why Why isn't that? Like, what can Brad do? To, so that was the knock on Brad this year, right or wrong. But I think, you know, you covered that with sort of Thompson infecting this team with that sort of like, regular season is horseshit mentality. So I don't know. I still like to think that there's some responsibility on a coach um, to kind of have his players ready to play. It's not college. It's certainly not high school. Um, but I just – and then, you know, maybe it was a little bit of they, – they just had grown tired some. And I never really fully bought into that argument due to all the roster turnover. You know what I mean? Like how many guys had – had besides smart had heard Brad talk for more than, you know, five seasons. Right. Um, so I wasn't sure about that, but, uh, and I don't know, you know, how much of this was Brad was just worn out. I mean, the fact that he took Angel's job, we don't know when those discussions were, you know, did they happen earlier in the season? Did Ainge even, you know, did they have a discussion before the start of the season? But they saying this might be my last year. Are you interested? And who knows if that had a, it took its toll on Brad. So, so many variables. Like, I, I don't know how you can, can chalk that up and, and judge anybody, uh, judge their performance under under those sorts of circumstances. So, yeah, I, I just feel like part of this part of this was was Brad was run down. That the 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 bubble where he couldn't bring his family. Was huge, and the family stuff was was a big deal for him. He's always with his family. His, I mean, his wife's his agent. Like his family is super important to him, and so he's not like one of those guys who can be like, yeah, you know, it is what it is. I got to get up and I got to go. Like that really impacts him. And so this past season, especially going from city to city to city on a very hectic schedule, constantly being on the move. And not being able to have those days where, hey, I'm going to bring the family with me to this city and, you know, we're going to have our, our time together and whatever. It was just this constant just crush. In the middle of the season, the Celtics had a game 
like they'd had all year long, right? The, the, another disappointing loss. No grit, no blah, blah, blah. Um, and Brad kind of lit into the team a little bit. And it was it was the most damning commentary from Brad to the point where I, I do remember people going like, wow, okay, finally Brad is like stepping up and criticizing these guys. Then like the next day, he, he walked that back and he said, you know, I realize I shouldn't have reacted that way because they it's not like they're not trying. It's not like they don't want to. It's just circumstances and whatnot. And so that was a, a little bit of, I think, insight for me into Brad. I don't know. I don't know if cracking is the right word, but the frustration got to him. And frustration doesn't usually get to Brad Stevens. He, if, if anything, when he's dealing with the media, he can put stuff behind and look at us and, you know, smile, you know, when appropriate and say, hey, you know, this is what it is. He fakes it. But he fakes it all the time with you. He, oh, my God. <laughs> Brad, Brad Stevens has lied to me so many times, like just blatantly to my face. Um, but, but that's part of his job. Right. We're going to continue the conversation after I tell you about our sponsors. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. Take my word for it. It's delicious. It tastes like a candy bar, but it is healthy. Every one of these Built Bars has 17 to 18 grams of protein, only about 130 to 180 calories, four to five grams of sugar, four or five net carbs. And you got flavors like raspberry mint brownie, German chocolate cookies and cream. How can those delicious flavors be healthy for you? I don't know how they do it, but they do. If you've got a nut allergy, no problem. If you are on the keto diet, these work. You can go check them out. They're the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, which is pretty cool. Go to Built.com and check it out. They've got a bunch of different products that are constantly dropping. They've got Built Puffs. They've got the Built Balls. Different things for different people. Gluten-free options. So go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. Every time you go, doesn't matter if you buy one box, doesn't mind if you buy, doesn't matter if you buy the assorted box and try something and then figure out which flavor you want to buy. Just use that promo code LOCK15 every time you go to Built.com for 15% off. If you have excessive perspiration, then you need to try Sweat Block. It's a handy wipe that you can apply. You take a shower, you wipe this wherever your problem area is, and then you go to bed. And in the morning, you wash it off, and then it can work for up to seven days. A doctor created that to solve his own excessive perspiration problem. It worked for him. It can work for you. It's doctor-created, doctor-recommended. If it doesn't work for you, they have a dry shirt guarantee. That means you will get your money back. So no risk to try it. Google it. Try it. Check it out. Rachel Ray tried it out on their show with firefighters. They applied it, went into burning buildings, did their job, came out, shirts were dry. This is your little secret to confidence. You can wear whatever you want to wear and not worry about it. So whatever you need it for, a presentation, first day in the job, new date, whatever, check it out. Go to sweatblock.com. Use the promo code Locked On. You're going to get 20% off. Go to Amazon. Read the reviews. 13,000 reviews. It's been a, a bestseller there for 10 years. So Check them out, 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code LOCKEDON. Hey, 
Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. He couldn't do the lies anymore. He couldn't. He couldn't fake it anymore. You're right. So, I do think that 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 started to kind of show itself. And I don't know what Stevens would have done because he's also super competitive and he wanted to. He wants to finish what he started, and, and this is his way of finishing what he started. The other criticism of him, as we wrap this up, has been the lineups. And I've always known Brad to be an experimenter early in the season, figure out what works, what doesn't. Like last season, they started out with double bigs. And people were like, don't play the double bigs. And I was like, look, I, I get it. The double bigs suck, but let's let's just see. Let's just kind of see how it works. Like give it time to figure to see if they can figure it out. There, there is room in this to see if you can figure that out. But People really got mad at him and continued to get mad at him for his lineup decisions. I don't think he had a whole lot of choices because he was asking a lot of guys to play a lot of roles with all of this COVID and all of these injuries. And guys guys had to be asked to do things that they shouldn't have been, been asked to do. Grant Williams should not have been out on the wing. Daniel Tice should not have been guarding fours. Like A lot of this stuff was out there. But still, the, the lineup decisions are, are – a big source of criticism for, for Brad Stevens. So as we start to look at the overall picture with Brad, where do you think, like, do you think he, he has a problem or had a problem with lineups? Do you think that that's Mike, something that necessity or just he, I don't know, sometimes gets too mad scientist. Oh, uh, oh, uh. He didn't uh, adjust very quickly when the double bigs weren't working very well. You know, uh, that, that was, uh, that was a fair criticism of him. He didn't adjust quickly. Um, I don't know. Uh, again, it was, there were so many, so many people missing, whether it was COVID or whatever it might've been. Um, he, I don't think he could, uh, have done much more. Um, I don't know. Does that make me a green teamer? Maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, he, 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 uh, the bottom, bottom line, whether it's about lineups or anything else, this past season was he was, he was worn down. You could see that, like you said, and there was just not the, the response wasn't there for whatever reason, the days of overachieving are over. All right. They needed uh, Tatum to score 60 or 53, you know, to win by a couple of points. Uh, it's great that he uh, has emerged like that, Tatum. Um, but, you know, if you have uh, a star like that and another star like Jalen, uh, maybe you should be doing better than you did. And they were just a mediocre team, literally, 50-50. And then not having Dylan, what are you, you going to do? Right. They had the worst match. They couldn't come within 20 points of Brooklyn during the regular season. Uh, um, it was just a mess. The whole season was a mess. It, it's kind of like a, a relief, I think, for Brad. And I, I'm just guessing this, of course, obviously. I don't know him. But I would think he'd be relieved just to have a different role now. 
and maybe, uh, like you say, have more time with his family, um, not have to worry about the day-to-day coaching and the stress of that and all the preparation that you have to do. Uh, and I think it's probably for the best for the team. Uh, I like Ime Udoka. That hiring was great. Uh, I would have liked Sam Cassell, but Udoka is like a younger Sam Cassell. And uh, I think probably in the long run, this will be good for Brad. I hope so. You know, just to, just to um, jump on that, you know, the rotations uh, point, I think it was, um, you know, a couple of things were at play. One, you, the Celtics always seem to lack veteran, you know, veteran bench players who could contribute. It just, since whatever it was, 2016, 2017, over the last few years, they just lacked sort of um, veteran bench players. Um, and Brad also, so, so I would put that on Ainge, but then I think Brad also had this sort of like fatal flaw where, where he, he would just kind of like not fall in love with certain players, but um, he gave a lot of slack to certain players, I felt like. Yeah. Um, the prime example is being Ojale. Like I just always felt like Ojale was somehow was Brad's binky or something. Like I don't understand why he continued to go to him. Um, and 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 Jimmy did have spurts. I think at the start of this year he had a really good stretch, but there were just so many times where I was like, he's still going to Ojale. Like Ojale as a defensive player, I could just see him getting lost on the court. He, he, he's a guy who would play hard defense for 20 minutes and, and not record a steal, a deflection, or, or a block shot. You know, he's one of those guys. But I just, it just seemed like Brad just envisioned guys excelling in certain roles and, and maybe gave a little bit too much slack. And, and I think Ojale was, was kind of like, you know, is my reason for, for, for saying that. But then, you know, also to go back to what, you know, the criticism about Ainge and the veteran depth. When you look at what Brad has done in his role now, I mean, I know they had to, they brought Harford back. That was part of getting rid of Kemba and kind of cleaning that up. But veteran player there, Josh Richardson, kind of a veteran player. You know, he brought back Cantor, veteran player. You know, not that these guys are perfect, but it just, you know, last year it was, who was he relying on? You know, it's just these young guys. It was just the the Neesmiths, the Grant Williams, the Pritchards, like just all these young players. Ainge just seemed to have this uh, – he just refused to invest in some type of veteran contributor. And we're seeing that Brad, you know, isn't that doesn't necessarily believe in that. Well, well I, I will... go ahead, Mike. Yeah, that was one of the weaknesses of the team the past couple of years is they had such a weak bench because they had all these young guys, because Ainge collected all these first-round picks that ended up like middle of the first round, and he ended up using them all. He couldn't trade them away. So yeah. he used them all, so they get all, all these young guys on the bench, and they're not experienced. And then this past season, to get back to the rotation thing, like what, what about Neesmith? That was one of the big mysteries of the year. What is going on with him? He would play, and he would do well, or at least he'd hustle, and then he'd be unburied on the bench for two weeks. And then all of a sudden he'd be back in the rotation. Then he was starting a couple of times. And, you know, so it was all over the place. And 
again, there were reasons for that, but um, if you're not doing well, you're a 50-50 team, um, why not see what you got with Neesmith and let him play on a regular basis? Well, Brad didn't do that. And I'm glad the season is over. Can we just <laughs> move on? Time to move forward. Let's let's please get get uh, give us something to be happy about again. Back to wrap up today's show in just a minute. First, got to tell you about today's sponsors. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body, whether you're an elite athlete or somebody like me who is sitting in front of a computer all day long, just trying to make it through the day. Tension free is tough, and Theragun can help. It's a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4, whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life. It goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. It has an OLED screen and a design that makes you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site, check it out, and even the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. It's trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid, elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, and hundreds of thousands of customers. So go to Theragun, try it out for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash lockdown right now to get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash lockdown therabody.com slash lockdown football is officially back they're back on the field pro and college and bet online is your number one spot to bet on it all so go check it out updated odds props and contests including online's biggest half million dollar nfl mega contest and the world's largest two hundred thousand dollar nfl survivor contest open right now at bet online head on over to the website use your laptop use your mobile device and you're going to get a 100 welcome bonus with the promo code locked on create your profile set it all up use the promo code locked on you make your first deposit whatever it is they match it with their 100 welcome bonus so you're winning right away it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports and your favorite vegas casino games so don't wait take advantage of all the great offers going on right now at bet online your online sportsbook experts please gamble responsibly be sure to follow our social channels at lo celtics on twitter and at locked on celtics on instagram Yeah, I think I think Brad over the past couple of seasons, especially this past season, just wanted to win so badly that he searched for anything. He really tried to search for anything that he thought might work. And I think he gave guys opportunities to step up and maybe gave some guys too many opportunities. Like, can you please, like, I'm giving you all of these extra minutes. Can you please recognize that I'm giving you all of this opportunity, seize it, please seize this opportunity. And people didn't. And I think partly because he would see the potential in a lot of guys, but so much of that would never be realized. And and when it comes to the lineups, I think Brad was very hopeful that guys would take that step into being what he thought they could be. And he's like, like even Shemmy, 
but Shemi, Grant Williams, um, Jeff Teague, guys like, you know, hey, Grant, we need you to be a three sometimes. We need you to go out there and guard the three, and he'd go out there and just get ripped. And you say, okay, that, that, that should not happen. But Brad's like, well, first of all, I don't have anybody else. Second of all, like, I need you to become this. Like when he put Romeo Langford in that point guard one day, you're like, oh, that's an interesting move. He he was so grasping at straws by the end. Um, part of that is look. Part of that is is Danny's fault. Part of it is is Brad for just not saying, you know what, screw it. I'm doing I'm doing this. But this goes into the NBA and politics of, well, we just signed Tristan Thompson. We have to play him. But Daniel Tice is our best chance at winning. You know he's on the floor. He knows these guys. So let's give this crazy lineup a shot, right? And and it didn't work, and he was, like, trying to make it work and, and giving it time. And it, 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 got, it did actually get a little bit better, but never where it needed to be. And, and this was the thing. And I think this is part of why he stepped down. I think another part of this is I want – if I'm going to be a coach, I want to coach which means I want to play the guys that I want to play and I don't want to put guys on the floor because we just signed them and we want them to either resign or not be disruptive. Their personalities are fragile. And if I don't play him, he's going to go into the locker room and be disruptive or the, I don't want the media to be asking me questions. So I've got to do this and I'm getting pressure from this. I think Brad Stevens just wants to coach a damn basketball game. This is what I see. These are the matchups that I see. These are the players I want to play, and that's it. Well, then why doesn't he take the $70 million and go lifetime contract and go uh, to Indiana? That's what he wants. It seems like he can have any college job he wants. His name always comes up. I think because he wants to be an NBA – he wants to be in the NBA. Like, this is the highest level. He wants to do it at the highest level. But I think think part of this is – the the realization like look it, and maybe the coaching bug will 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 come back plenty of people are saying that this he's only going to be in this job for a few years and then he's going to leave entirely possible but i think there is some percentage that of of him saying i if i'm going to be a coach i just want to coach and i don't want this other crap that goes along with it and being in this role he at least gets to see this is still a role that he played in college. The recruiting, the assembling, the all of that stuff. I just don't know how much of this that is you know, the the loving the sidelines, loving the action, loving being in the game. I do think there's some level of unfinished business because he is super, super competitive. But he wants to come into the NBA and win a championship in the NBA, whether it's as a coach or as an executive. This is This is, I think, he just wants to do that. That's what he wants to do. But for now, he finishes with a 354 and 282 record, winning 55.7% of his games, 38 and 40 in the playoffs. He did have a winning record in the playoffs until this past season and the five-game loss to Brooklyn. So, and, and he's what, third on the list, fourth on the list of Celtics? Uh, 
head coaches. Let's see. It's it's Red, it's Tommy, it's Doc at 416, and Brad Stevens at 354. So he's fourth on the list. Overall, look, there are going to be people who say he didn't win a championship, so he wasn't successful, which I don't agree with that at all. Now, he, he didn't win a championship, so he wasn't as successful as he could have been. But I think, by and large, this was a successful coaching tenure. And if he wanted to go back into coaching, any team with a with an opening, I think any team would consider him for, for their opening uh, to be their next head coach. So I look back at the, the Brad Stevens era. I think we covered the deficiencies. I think that we're, we're at a, where I land is he was a really good coach. And he could have done things better. I don't know if even doing those things better would have gotten him to a championship. Uh, I got screwed by circumstances for sure. And I think, you know, Danny Ainge might have been able to make a couple of better moves here or there, looking at it in retrospect. Uh, But overall, Brad Stevens is proven. He's a really good coach. I agree with all the things you just said. And I would just add that there's been a more frustration than anybody wanted in uh, these, what was the eight years as a coach, you know, they, they got close, they got the players they wanted and then that didn't pan out. So, you know, it was a tough, uh, it was tough not to get over the hump with him as the coach, but um, there were reasons for that and he did a good job anyway. And I agree with everything you said. And I, I don't think he is going to be the head of Celtics basketball uh, for 10 years. I think a few years are going to go by and he's going to want to coach again. And he's going to get back out there probably with some other team. You know, maybe be, maybe college, but I would say back in the I, NBA. Still, in I the will NBA. say I, I do wonder, it, I wonder what people said about Danny Ainge when he first took the executive job, you know, I wonder, I just wonder if people said the same thing about Ainge that he wants the action. He's super competitive. You know, he was a player, then a coach and, and all of that stuff. And then he went upstairs and it was just like, cause that was a shocking move for Ainge too. I just wonder if some of those things were said and Ainge clearly had a really successful tenure as well, but well, I, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go with Stevens. Yeah. I don't remember if they said that about Ainge, but Danny didn't have that great of a coaching career. <laughs> No, no. Brad no one threw a towel in Brad's face. Right, Brad had a towel thrown in his face. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you guys, and, and I, I'd say, you know, Stephen's tenure here, I would, I view it as successful. I'd say he's a very good coach. Rebuilding, you know, tearing down a team and rebuilding is extremely hard in the NBA, unless you land on um, one of these rare generational talents in the draft um, early on. It, it, it can be hard or you are based in Los Angeles where you have some sort of geographical advantage to recruiting free agents. So I think, you know, with Brad, I think he had to wait four years before he started to, before he got his hands on a generational talent. And I view that as, you know, Tatum seems to be one of those players um, or close to it. So um, it's just that there's been such a roller coaster, such a grind to getting that player. And then I don't know, maybe if we didn't experience this pandemic, we didn't have these two seasons that were so ridiculously intense, 
maybe he'd say, you know what? I want to ride out Tatum's next contract. Maybe, you know, maybe we can win something here. Um, but, but also, you know, taking this move to the front office was a bit surprising. I didn't, you know, see it in his future, but you know, I think maybe he saw how integral Ainge or how, how, I don't know if this matters to him, but the, it's the perception of the franchise. Like Brad is super competitive and in, in Boston, if this team wins a championship, Stevens is going to get a shit ton of credit. You know what yeah. I mean? For, for, for putting it together or developing some of the players that get them there, whether it's he's a GM or a coach. So I think, you know, like Ainge got a lot of credit for building, you know, mm-hmm. off the moves for, for the last um, for the new big three. I think if Stevens, this team wins a title in the next three years, Stevens is going to get a shit ton of credit. And that should, you know, hopefully help satisfy that, you know, big competitive, his competitive nature and his his desire to say, I you know, I made it in the NBA. I, I've won in the NBA. All right. I hope you've enjoyed that deep dive. Now, if you are new to the whole podcast and, and new to these deep dives, go back. Now, we didn't do it on YouTube, but go back to a couple – well, actually, it was last, last year, right? Um, time just moves on so fast. But once COVID shut down the league – we started a deep dive into the entirety of Celtics history. So we started day one, the Boston Celtics are born and they're joining the NBA and all of that, the, the Bill Russell era, everything in, in the Celtics, in Celtics history. So this kind of is the finale to that in a way, this Brad Stevens era brings us right up to today. And now on Monday, officially, the Ime Udoka era begins. And so I will be here Monday through Friday to talk about everything that happens Boston Celtics. This is the number one Boston Celtics podcast in the world. So I want to thank everybody for listening to and watching this deep dive, for sticking with the podcast for as long as you have. A new season begins on Monday, and I'll be here for you every single day, Monday through Friday, So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe on YouTube and share the podcast. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody. They should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.